Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Canty and Carlin. It's been all Deshaun Watson. We've had a chance to remember Bill Russell as well and the impact that he has had. Bob Ryan's going to join us next hour for more on that. Mina Kimes in 30 minutes on Deshaun Watson. But right now, we welcome in Mr. Canty. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Carlin, Nick Friedel in today for Christopher Montavious Canty, who joins us right now on the phone. Am I getting closer with Montavious? No, you're not getting closer. I don't know where you came up with Montavious, but I appreciate the creativity, big fella. I appreciate it. Nick, Nick, I appreciate you for putting up with Carlin today. No, it's all good, my man. It's all good. Every single day. It's all good. All right. All right, so first things first, what did you think when you heard the news of the suspension today? Well, big fella, you know the suspension falls in line with what I thought it would be. I I didn't think that Judge Robinson would come anywhere close to what the NFL was pushing for, which was an indefinite suspension of the year-long variety, potentially longer. And it's just because of the facts that the NFL presented in the hearing that lasted three days about a month ago. The NFL, by its own investigative findings, by its own reports, and their own case that they made said, that they did not believe Deshaun Watson had any forced coercion. And I thought that would be the thing that Judge Robinson held on to when she was deciding what kind of discipline to levy against Deshaun Watson. Turns out her findings, her review of the material came to that same conclusion, and that's where we land on the six games. Chris, you've been in these locker rooms, and you've experienced what it's like to go through a situation like this. Do players actually care what happens off the field, or is it all about what happens on the field when the lights are brightest? Oh, no, Nick, this matters. This matters, especially when you start talking about situations that affect women because all players have mothers, and a lot of guys have wives, girlfriends, and some of them even have little girls that they're raising. And so when it comes to issues regarding women, this is something that's really sensitive in NFL locker rooms. And I was in Baltimore with the Ravens, when Ray Rice happened in 2014. And I can tell you that um, it was an emotional time in our locker room, not just in our community, not just, um, you know, amongst NFL fans, but just in our locker room and having to process all the different deals and, you know, go through that and set that to the side and try to focus on the business at hand, which is playing football and winning. That is not something that's easily done. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the preseason continues to unfold for the Cleveland Browns, because I'm sure – there are going to be some mixed emotions in that locker room, just like a lot of mixed emotions amongst Cleveland Browns fans and NFL fans as a whole. Chris Canty popping on. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Nick Friedel in for Chris today, but he's got a few minutes for us. All right, so at this point, I, I'm starting to come around to the idea. Uh, Chris, I honestly didn't know what to think between this morning and, and until about showtime today of is the league going to pursue this further or not? And I've come to the thought that I I do think they will. I do think they will appeal it just primarily because the the benefits of pursuing it 
uh, not only for doing the right thing from a public relations standpoint, kind of outweigh the idea that this is a story that could then still be over their heads for seven or eight months. What's your take on whether or not the league you think will pursue this? Well, well, Carlin, I would argue the opposite. If the league pursues this, this is going to be something that's hanging over the NFL for the entirety of the season. This doesn't go away because the appeal goes to Roger Goodell, and we've heard from Adam Schefter and others that he could appoint a designee that will hear the, you know, the appeals from both sides in the case. But then ultimately this comes back to the NFL. And then Deshaun Watson's people, if they don't agree with what the appeals officer hands down in the form of a suspension, then they could challenge that in court. So, again, this becomes an ugly, dragged-out situation. And I'm not sure the NFL has the appetite on that. And on top of this, Carlin, this process was supposed to be to help the NFL move away from a situation where Roger Goodell could then be put in a tight spot in terms of, you know, whether or not he issued the right form of discipline and they can go back to his record and they can talk about the inconsistencies and how he deals with players as opposed to how he deals with owners. And we all know how the language and the personal conduct policy lays out where owners are supposed to be held to a higher standard, but they're not because the owners are Roger Goodell's boss. So again, if you look at this situation, I don't think there's anyone more qualified to make a ruling on the discipline for Deshaun Watson Watson than Judge Judge Robinson. I I just don't see that person um, in the equation. And so I think that's why the NFL will put it out there that they're not happy with what happened, but I think they would end up abiding by it just like the NFL PA does. Because remember, if Roger Goodell decides he's going to do something different than Judge Robinson, he's got to have a really strong case to present in terms of why he decided to impose a stricter discipline over Judge Watson, because after all, she is a former federal judge. Chris, as we wait to see what the NFL does, you mentioned the experience you had in Baltimore with the Ray Rice case. If you're the Browns and you're the veterans in that group, in that locker room, how do you smooth things out with Deshaun Watson and everybody else moving forward now? Here's what I will say, Nick. Deshaun Watson is supremely talented player. In in the survey that Jeremy Fowler did with NFL execs and general managers, he checked in as being the ninth best quarterback in the National Football League, and the guy hasn't played for an entire calendar year. That just shows you how high an opinion people have of him in terms of his ability on the field. And ultimately, what this will come back to for the guys in the locker room is can this dude help us win? Because if he helps us win, then it helps me do my job, and it helps me feed my family. And so I think that's where a lot of players will land. I don't want to speak for anybody in the Cleveland Browns locker room, but I think that's how they move past this. Once the the discipline is is final, um, then I think there will be some form of closure for the players in the locker room, and they'll have a plan on how the team is going to move forward and when they can expect to have Deshaun back. Chris Canty with us. Chris, before we let you go, um, just want to give you a little opportunity here. Uh, Your thoughts on the passing of Bill Russell and – his importance not only in the game, but what he meant uh, to so many across the country on a social level. I mean, Carlin, he's the greatest winner in professional team sports. I don't know that there's really anyone that's a close second. When you talk about all of the accolades and him being the centerpiece of the Boston Celtics dynasty in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So 
I just I look at Bill Russell um, as a giant, not just for what he did on the court, but also what he did off the court, Carl. And that's the thing that will that will you know stick out in my mind anytime I think about Bill Russell, the first black coach in the association. He was a player coach for the Boston Celtics, and then you talk about his work with other leaders of his time uh, with the Cleveland Summit. Uh, in the late 60s and what they were doing in terms of trying to move civil rights forward um, and what they did for black and brown communities in this country. So um, Bill, Bill Russell, again, the greatest winner in professional team sports and one of the, the, the best patriots that, that, that I know of, that I, that I can remember in my lifetime. All right, brother, we will see you tomorrow. You and I are in for Greeny tomorrow morning. Looking forward to it. All right, y'all hang in there. Nick, hang in there, man. Hang in there. You only got a couple of more hours. Only I'll see you soon, hours. Mr. Canty. <laughs> All right, later on. Chris Canty, of course, of this show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, more on the passing of Bill Russell, his impact, and the things that people probably don't realize about him where he made his greatest impact, and personal stories as well. We've got it all for you in just moments. Nick Friedel, Chris Carlin, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Canty and Carlin. Basketball Hall of Famer Bill Russell died today. Someone who is just beyond description. Nobody won as much as Bill Russell. Didn't cower to anyone, and he played life by his rules. I don't think the majority of people in this world today really understand all the things that he and his family went through and what he went through as a basketball player. Bill Russell, basketball player, coach, GM, author, broadcaster, and social activist, was 88 years old. 11-time champion in the NBA with the Boston Celtics, not to mention the championships at University of San Francisco, an Olympic gold medal, the first black coach in any professional sport. I mean, the list goes on and on with the impact that Bill Russell made on professional sports and 
society as well. It's Chris Carlin, Nick Friedel on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And, you know, we've spent some time. We had Patrick Ewing on earlier uh, about the passing of Bill Russell. In about an hour and 15 minutes, we're going to talk to the great Bob Ryan from Boston uh, about Russell and his relationship with that city. When I think about him, I think about winning and I just think about a guy that was very cerebral in every way. Um, and I feel like, you know, we don't we don't ever describe athletes that way. You know, so many of them, I think there are a lot of athletes that want to be described as very cerebral, yes. but some that just don't come across that way. Bill Russell always came across that way. The thing I have respected the most about him, Chris, through the years not only in reading and studying about all the different things he accomplished on and off the floor. And it seems, as we're learning more about his legacy in the wake of his passing, so much of what people remember is because of what he did off the floor. He stood up for things that he felt were right in times where that was not (laughs) really the thing for a lot of people to do. And for Bill Russell to take the stand and to back it up with his actions in those moments, that is something that I respect the hell out of him for. And when you talk to this era's players in the NBA, that is what there is such an appreciation for on top of the fact that, as you and I have both said, he is the game's biggest winner of all time. When you match it up against anybody – Bill Russell comes out on top, but the respect factor goes off the charts when you realize what he lived through and how he lived in those moments. And and when we talk about what he lived through, talking about his home being vandalized in Boston, the town that was, you know, racially divisive in a a whole lot of ways for a very long time. And, And here was a guy that became the biggest star in that town for as long as could be, but there were still people that did not want him there because of his race. Here, here's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, the Hall of Famer, of course, who was on NBA Today earlier on what he learned from Bill Russell. Well, he, he taught me uh, personally uh, that you don't have to uh, sacrifice what you want to say uh, as a man uh, from what you are invited to say as an athlete. Mm. Um there's room for both in your life, and uh, you should express yourself in both ways, uh, your profession and then uh, what you believe in and what is important to you as a human being and as a citizen. Those things uh, don't, don't have, have to uh, not be able to coexist. You know, I have to think about when I think about the impact that he's had, and how he was able to speak his mind without uh, really having real concern for what consequences were of his of what he would say in a time where that was not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I can't imagine what that bravery and mentality is like in being able to do that without being concerned about. You know, I mean. It, Today, it's all about image and all that kind of stuff. And yes, there are athletes who speak out, but that kind of athlete to me, um, in an era where it wasn't easy to do, it just, I don't know that I could ever quantify that kind of impact. And I think the thing as we talk through all the different 
things that he accomplished and his legacy, Chris, that I keep coming back to is to continue professionally to play at the level that he did, knowing how many people in his own city were hoping that he wouldn't succeed and weren't supportive of him just trying to to live his life. I That, when you go back and forth on what he did in the moment in history when he did it, I, I just cannot process that because I think of, again, so many guys in this era of the NBA, they'll sit on Twitter and somebody will say something about them and they just fall apart. Yeah. They, they can't handle a tweet that's coming their way. Bill Russell dealt with it every single day to the lengths of which it's it's hard to imagine how he continued to to stay above so much of it and how he performed the way he did and that the mental toughness that it took for him to be the player that he was in those moments is just so very impressive to me. You know, just to uh, I only met him twice and certainly never saw him play. Uh, didn't have long interactions with him. I was a producer of a show in New York. He was coming on the show and chatted with him for a few minutes and saw him interact uh, with people. He was famous for not wanting to sign autographs. And it wasn't because he didn't want to sign autographs. He would rather sit there and talk to a person for a few minutes and kind of give them that personal memory of interaction with him. And, you know, I don't know if it was because people sell autographs or, or what what it was, but, like, I always kind of dug that about him, even though I would absolutely want his autograph. I, I always kind of dug the idea of, uh, enjoying the moment. It kind of takes me away. It kind of now makes me think about like when we're always, when we're at a concert or sporting event or something, we're always filming something as opposed to just taking in that moment and what that's like. And appreciating the moment for what it is. Although I have the the flip side of that story, which is my dad passed away a few years ago, but uh, when when he was still with us, he always told the story of, I was about eight years old. I grew up in Orlando, Florida. The Magic had just started. Bill Russell had come to a Magic game. So I'm eight years old with a pen and my little ticket, and my dad says, hey, that's Bill Russell. Go get his autograph. He's he's unbelievable. And I walk up and I say, Mr. Russell, can I, can I have your autograph? And he's like, no, kid. <laughs> and I came back to my dad, and I was bawling. I, you know, I was crying my eyes out because I didn't understand, and – and and we didn't understand why he didn't yeah. enjoy signing autographs in the moment, but it was that experience that my dad and I shared because my dad looked up to him so much growing up in the Boston area, and and, and we just kind of went, well, that's his thing. But as an eight year old, I, I I know there are plenty of people out there who had a similar experience when they would ask him to sign something, and he, he wanted no part of it. Yeah, and I, I don't know whether that was the commercialization of it or what it was, but, um, yeah, for an 8-year-old, that's a tough one. <laughs> There's no lie. That's a, it was that, difficult. That's a tough one to get past. You're not looking for any rationalization of, you know, capitalism and why you can't sell my I, autographs. I signed my ticket stuff, <laughs> Mr. Russell. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, though. This is somebody that um, – we talk about the all-time greats, and we remember them, uh, especially when they pass away. But I don't know that this is somebody that you can ever properly uh, place exactly where his importance is 
in professional sports, in society, unless you're really looking at the very top of the list in in both categories for what he was willing to do. And he went out uh, in a way, Chris, where he he was willing to do things that a lot of other guys in that era weren't. I, I love the fact that he wanted to defend, wanted to do everything else, and just absolutely lived rent-free in Wilt's head. It, like, it kind of struck me as he and Wilt were close, but at the same time it struck me of the old Jordan idea of befriending guys. Jordan and Barkley. Yep, Barkley, Ewing. There was a thought he did that with a few different guys. Same kind of thing. Same kind of thing. The one thing that I think you can appreciate right now, as sad as everybody is, is especially in the last few years, and and the NBA Finals trophy is the Bill Russell trophy, it really felt like the league and the players in the league went out of their way to express to him, while he was still with us, just how much he meant. Even after all the awfulness that he went through throughout his career, in these last few years, it felt like he embraced that and he could feel that. And the league tried as hard as it could to make sure that he understood that and could still appreciate it while he was still living. Bill Russell, 88 years of age, passed away yesterday and just an amazing impact in so many different ways. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance, a triple threat of protection with home, auto, and more. Visit Progressive.com. So how should we view the Cleveland Browns and everything they did to get a quarterback who now is going to be suspended for six games. In just moments, Mina Kimes joins us. It's Chris Carlin, Nick Friedle on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Deshaun Watson has been suspended six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Continuing coverage all day. More next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin. We have enormous breaking news from the National Football League. Adam Schefter, the decision has been made. What can you tell us? Sue L. Robinson, the retired federal judge, handed down her decision. Deshaun Watson has been suspended for six games. Six games is within what the the Browns thought in that building. They were thinking six to eight games for months. If you're in that building right now, you have to be relieved. And so the Browns now wait to see if the league will go ahead and appeal the decision by Judge Sue Robinson that 
Deshaun Watson deserves a six-game suspension. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. It's Chris Carlin, Nick Friedle filling in for Chris Canty today. And the great Mina Kimes joins us right now, ESPN NFL analyst. First things first, Mina, uh, when you heard the suspension, give me your initial reaction and thoughts. You know, when I first heard the number, and it was right when I woke up here on Pacific Time, uh, I thought it was low, given the volume of the ex- number, pardon me, of allegations uh, the, Rob, the judge only considered for that we know that. But to Diana's point, I had been hearing six, six to eight for a while. I think what was more surprising to me, actually, than the number was reading Judge Robinson's report. Um, because if you read it, and really, I, I hope everyone does, it's on ESPN.com, she essentially agrees with most of the NFL's case. Um, she says in the section labeled findings that she believes Watson did engage in unwanted sexual co- touching, um, sexual assault by the definition of preponderance of evidence. And yet, despite all of that, she sticks with six games because of precedent and then because she believes it doesn't fall under the auspice of sexual violence. And I think that was what was stunning to me for her to spell all of this out, to say that she essentially agrees with the NFL, but then argue that it's not sexual violence. And I think going forward, as we now wait to see whether or not the NFL does appeal the decision, and then if they do so, whether Roger Goodell comes down with a harder punishment, that's going to be something, kind of a sticking point that might impact how they move next. I mean, it feels like nobody is really happy on on any side of this decision. In your mind, is there anything the NFL can do to make this right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think it merits a greater suspension. I mean, she said herself, Judge Robinson, in her report that um, it was, a, you know, she'd never seen, the, the NFL had not sort of seen a pattern of behavior this egregious. I don't see how you can kind of come to that conclusion and come to all the conclusions I just described and give him the same suspension that you gave Ezekiel Elliott or less than, you know, players who have been um, dinged for smoking pot or financial crimes. Obviously, the Calvin Ridley gambling suspension has been mentioned a lot today. And I understand that the rules are different for these different offenses. And then, of course, you know, there's in the case of Ridley, the NFL had explicit proof. But frankly, um, this is not the judicial system. You know, they're not acting solely basis on precedent and uh, the standards are not the same. And I think for Roger Roger Goodell, whose tenure has been so marred at points by how he has dealt with cases involving domestic abuse and sexual violence, this is a potential milestone in his career and I think a legacy-defining moment. It feels like that. Mina Kimes with us, ESPN NFL analyst. And what I'm having trouble reconciling right now is if the league, and and they want us to think that they wanted to get away from being involved in the disciplinary process, uh, yet he has the ultimate say here if they do appeal and then he will make the decision or to designate somebody to make the decision. But also the fact that if Sue Robinson's in charge here, why is she going based off of precedent based on previous NFL decisions with suspension length? Doesn't that feel at odds with itself? You know, it's a very legalistic interpretation, right? I mean, they put her in charge of the initial decision, and obviously both sides collectively bargained to have an appeals process, because the NFL felt, because a lot of people felt the previous system 
was flawed, but the previous system is how they landed on those suspensions, right? So you're essentially like basing the suspension on those previous suspensions under a system that was, I think, widely disliked. um, And it is tricky. Uh, You know, I think if there is an appeal and Goodell does expand the punishment, there will be some criticism. Well, you know, didn't you give her this responsibility to avoid this? But that process, the process that ultimately does give him final responsibility was collectively bargained. And so as much as the NFLPA, the Players Association, doesn't want that to be the case, they said last night before the suspension came out that they hoped everybody would be happy with it, which I think was telling of where this was all going. This is the process they agreed to. And I think Goodell is perfectly within his rights to make that kind of call. Mina, you heard what Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, said in the last hour to the media. What did you make of him saying he believed that Watson will make good decisions on and off the field? You know, I, I don't think he said a lot, honestly. Um, he you know, he was asked about some of the findings in the report and kind of deferred to Watson himself. And then when he was asked about his confidence in Watson doing so, I don't really see how he could give any other answer given that they just gave Watson the most guaranteed money, you know, in the history of football. Um, I think what I would want to ask Kevin Stefanski or the Browns organization when given the chances, if you respect this process and respect the judge's findings, do you disagree with them? I mean, do you disagree with her conclusion that Watson did engage in sexual assault? Um, And how do you take that knowing that he is the face of the franchise? But I strongly suspect that both parties would probably not answer that question either. I was going to say, the Browns PR person just passed out hearing you say that. <laughs> so. Mina Kimes, ESPN it's NFL. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> ESPN NFL analyst with us. Um, with that in mind, last one for me, Mina. How should we look at the Browns? I mean, they did what they did to go and make sure that they got a quarterback um, and did everything to not just get him, but also to uh, grease the skids. He's going to lose $345,000 in game checks as opposed to $15 million because of the way they structured the, the contract. How should we reconcile that? I mean, the Browns were desperate. You know, Kyler Murray just got a contract that's equal in terms of the total, but did not receive the sort of guarantees that Watson got. This was not a precedent changing contract. It was an outlier. It was a sign of how much the Browns were willing to do whatever it took to win. And they're not the only one. Of course, other teams were also in pursuit of Watson. Um, I think, you know, often with these types of cases, when athletes who are superstars are accused of bad behavior, ranging the gamut and are treated differently. Um, It's a reminder of the fact that there are different standards for stars and that, you know, sports fandom and the prioritization of winning at all costs can lead to these sorts of decisions. But this to me strikes me as an unusually stark example of that phenomena. Um, No more so than seeing Watson at camp today being applauded by fans. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst. We appreciate the insight, Mina. Thank you. Bye, guys. All right. There is so much more to dive into with this, including how the league now handles this moving forward. Are they, in the next three days, going to appeal this, or do they just want it to go away? Nick and I will give you our takes in just moments and answer that question on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. 
Deshaun Watson has been suspended six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Continuing coverage all day on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin. Lighten the mood a little bit on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Nick Friedel in for Chris today. How about this from over the weekend? Four days into his first training camp, Jaguars rookie kicker Andrew Mevis was cut. He missed three field goals during the team's Thursday warm-ups. During warm-ups. And according to ESPN's Michael DiRocco, one of those field goals missed the mark so badly that it hit former Cowboys head coach Dave Campo in the shoulder, and the other two weren't even remotely close to the goalposts. He hit Dave, like, did Dave Campo just magically appear? I love that Dave Campo just has <laughs> popped back into the the conversation after all these years. But, Chris, what kills me is, can you imagine if Mevis picks up the phone and, like, yeah, calls home or he calls his buddies, I got cut. <laughs> what happened? Uh, <laughs> well, I missed these three kicks, and one of them knocked this uh, coach in the uh, shoulder. It was a rough day. I mean, uh, that that is not a conversation I want to be having. You go in there and have the drink bulky conversation. Uh, listen, you hit Campo in the head. Go home and tell your mother you're a flop. <laughs> like that. That's it. Of all the times where I actually wanted to see a, uh, a hard knocks camera, exactly have have the uh, the camera running in the office somewhere. <laughs> that is the conversation that hard knocks missed out on. Oh, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I mean, and I'm sorry for the kid. I, I hope he gets another chance. But I mean, you're missing by that much during warmups, and it's Thursday, like four days into showing up. How can you hope to have a chance of making the team at that point? This is the Jags and their kickers. They've had they've had some interesting <laughs> stories in the last few years. Yeah, at least there wasn't an axe to the leg of any sort this time. Oh and, my god! And Urban wasn't saying some stuff he oh, shouldn't yeah. be. I mean, yeah, there, that is that is uh, an underrated subplot in a, a league full of them. If you're a kick, so if you're a kicker, then. Do you avoid signing with Jacksonville? Like, if that's your only shot, or they say, you know what, it's Jacksonville, the USFL, or you go to Canada. Maybe you look into Canada. Yeah, you you, you stay away. It's Winnipeg in the summer. Maybe I give it a shot. Yeah, that's right. Or or you say, you know what, I'll go live on the beach, and I'll I'll, I'll make my way for a few months and see what happens, <laughs> see if I can turn things around. That's nothing against the Jaguars. It's just you're right. I hadn't even thought of that. The, the history with kickers is just bizarre. I, I can't. Is there some sort of a, a you know, is the, is the stadium on a burial ground of some sort of the training camp where kickers can't make kicks? Oh, my God. Is Ray Finkel buried there? What's going on? Einhorn and Finkel. <laughs> Canty and Carlin. So should the league pursue this further? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Want you to be a part of the program. We want your take on this. Did Deshaun Watson get enough? Should the league be pushing this further after he was suspended for six games? Chris is off today. Nick Friedel sitting in for Chris Canty. I honestly have have come around, and I listen, I can change my mind like that, but I have come around on the idea that, okay, it's a story that's going to hang over your head for another year, but is that really not worth all of the positivity that is going to come 
from the league saying, no, this is not enough. I don't care that this is the new process. Yes, it's not what we wanted right away, but let's go get this right. And if he wants to fight us back on it, so be it. We'll go We'll go and fight on it. Chris, as we have discussed it throughout the afternoon, I have come to the conclusion that for me, if I'm Roger Goodell in the league, I'm appealing. Because you have seen so often when all these different uh, cases have popped to the forefront, people always go, ah, the NFL letting somebody else off the hook or not doing as much as they could be doing. Here's their chance. We put this in position so it wouldn't just be Roger Goodell making the decision. And now here we are saying, well, we want to give this one more try in in the severity that has come across. So if I'm the NFL, I don't think there is that much to be lost in appealing and putting it back in the news cycle. Because if you do tack on some more games, who's going to really be upset aside from Deshaun Watson and, and the Browns at this point. It felt like public opinion was on the side of, wow, if not a year, at least more games than six. And I don't think that has changed at any point once we've heard Judge Robinson's decision. So let's flush this out for a second. Just let's paint both scenarios for a moment. You decide that you want this to die, that you're just going to rely on the apathy of the fan and that they're so tired of hearing about it that you're not going to hear you, – you believe the outrage that you would hear uh, is worth going through for what you think is a couple of days. That's, that's number one. If you're going to do that, you're going to then come around with all of the breast cancer awareness stuff. You have tried to uh, show in the way that you have handled yourself as a league that – Women are important to you, and you've had to do that over the last few years, and justifiably so. You're going to go and decide, okay, we just want this thing to go away. We don't want to deal with that story for a year. That's that's one. You're going to deal with protesters. I guarantee there are going to be protesters, as oh, there yeah. should be. You're going to deal with uh, uh, more fallout from it, and you're going to deal like uh, there will be, I mean, I hate to put it this way, there will be some attention-hungry congressman or senator that will grab onto it as an issue. And then, you know, you just were dealing with Daniel Snyder, and we haven't even touched on that part of it. Like, everybody's going to look at the league and say, well, they don't care about women, and they don't. all they care about is winning and losing and all that, except when it comes to their owners and the way that they are not held to the same standard. I mean— Nick, like all of that to me just feels like a ton of negativity outside of just not doing the right thing. When was the last time, Chris, in one of these situations that pub- the public opinion was that the NFL did the right thing? Yeah, it's been a while, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, off the top of my head, and I, I love football. I consume it like so much of the general public. I can't even think of a moment in time where you went, yep, the NFL, they got this right the first time. Mm -hmm. They didn't need the public outcry of, you messed this up, or or somebody in Congress or the Senate saying, no, 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 Roger, you, you need to discuss this a little further. I can't remember a time where I felt like the NFL publicly got a story 
or a case or whatever it may be right and everybody was behind them the first time. Let me ask you this. Nick Friedel in for Chris Canty today. Nick, of course, covers the NBA for ESPN. If this was the NBA, what would Adam Silver do? What would be the fallout here? Well, here's the the bedrock difference. The NBA has built up so much more of the public trust. And Chris, to me, I go back to Adam Silver just starting his tenure and Donald Sterling being kicked out of the league. Just flat kicked out. Get out of here. Nobody wants to see you anymore. The NBA has gone out of its way to cultivate an image with which they want the public to believe that they are very clear on where they want to stand socially. And the NFL, they they haven't done that, frankly. And so the difference would be the NBA is already in a better place because they've built up the benefit of the doubt that the NFL lost a long time ago. You know, just as we talk about that, we have so many of us have looked at the NFL, and I think justifiably so, into uh, a league that has become Teflon in so many ways. And that's what's bothersome about this. Why don't you use the Teflon for good, so to speak? Like, this is not going to stick to you if you go after it. You're almost hurting yourself. You're almost daring people. You're almost hurting yourself when you decide you're not going to pursue this. Like, you think about all those other leagues. You think about how they would handle it, the NBA specifically. The league is Teflon in a lot of ways, and they need to use that shield for good. Chris Canty and Chris Carlin are Canty and Carlin. Don't miss them weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.